I'll kick it off then. Susan, welcome to uh, what we're calling Tuesday Night Book Club, and you're the fourth uh, iteration of it, uh, first female, and as a result, we have certainly a much better mix on the on the Zoom tonight, which is great. So thanks for uh, doing that. Delighted to have you along. And just before you start, I did want to call out you. You summed up thing this up really well in one of your tweets that the kind of two key ideas behind it. One, people don't have to have read the book beforehand, which is a kind of a flip on a normal book club, which is great, and that's one of the reasons I. I'm looking forward to tonight because I haven't read the book, and and the second one then is it's it's an open Q and A. Um, I presume we'll wait till towards the end, Susan, unless you, you're comfortable people jumping in with questions during it. But it's interactive, and I'm sure if anyone has read this book on the call tonight, they can share some of their learnings from it, what's been important or impactful to them as well. So that that kind of creates a little bit of. Uh, I don't know, dialogue or trialogue or whatever number a log there is here. And uh, and that should, you know, that that's really well put, Susan. So that's going to help us kind of drive the um, the message and build the community. And it's great to see so many new faces and new names here tonight. So, so now, Susan, I think you've been waiting long enough to get started. I'm going to start talking <laughs> and uh, you can take it away. Lovely. Well... Thanks, Rob. And um, I guess for me, I'm delighted to be here. Um, it is a book that I'm very passionate about. And um, I guess I, I, I reached out to you, Rob, about coming on your book club because I love the concept. And I just think, you know, there's so many books out there that we have to, uh, we've been advised to read. So, and it's hard to read everything. So joining a very friendly, interactive um, book club is just a great concept. I did say in my tweet lots of times about joining the conversations and the book this evening, The Atomic Habits, it's a very popular book. So if people have read it, please feel free to join in. Um, but there is four key laws that he talks about. So I'm quite happy to go through, give an overview of the book, and then maybe we can talk about it afterwards. So, but whatever suits people, I'm really easy. Um, this is the book for anyone who hasn't seen it. And I was just saying that I first read this um, last year on a beach in Thailand, and it kept me gripped. And I guess I'm a very simple person. And one of the reasons why I loved this book is it's full of great stories. It's full of great antidotes of um, why he is suggesting something. At the end of each chapter, there's a summary. So, you know, sometimes, especially when you're on a beach, you might have Zoom read something. He has the summary there to remind you of it. So all of that, I just really um, loved this book. And I loved even the tagline, you know, up there, tiny changes, remarkable results. And I guess I am somebody that thinks I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. But actually, I've just realized I can't even walk 26 miles, not mine run. So how do you break down that marathon into easy steps is what I really wanted to learn and about creating that habits. And this book has helped me do that. So he says that every action that you take is actually a vote for the type of person you want to become. And I, again, I think that is really very reflective of who we are. So all of our habits is about the type of person we want to be. And if we change our habits, we can change our life. And so I guess, you know, the first thing to think about is like, what is a habit? And he describes it. And for me, a habit is something that you do every day without even thinking about it. It's like tying your shoelaces. So if you can remember when we had to learn to tie our shoelaces, maybe just before we went to school or just when we were in school at the age of five, and now we bend down, we tie our shoelaces and we don't even think about it. So that's what a habit is. It's something that we do automatically with no energy, no thinking. And the concept is that if we just improve 1% every day, 1% of a slight tweak, a slight change in something that we want to do, that will have a compound effect. And over time, that will create into a new habit being made for us. Um, and again, I love that concept. And, you know, as a leadership coach, we talk to people about behavioral change. And when you talk to someone about changing their behavior, they often think like, 
oh, I have to go from this, I have to go from zero to 100% overnight. But this concept is that, no, you don't have to do that. What you do is you just break it down, bite size, you do 1% every single day. And over time, that compound effect will have a change in you. So I, I really liked that. There's four laws that James Clear talks about um, in making a good habit. Um, and the make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. And I'm going to go through each of those laws um, with you. So even if you haven't read the book, um, hopefully you can take something away with you this evening on how you can implement the new habit, a new habit today if you want to. Now, he also talks about changing bad habits. And I guess, considering I have no bad habits, that part of the book didn't resonate very well with me. But I do get his concept, right? But I was more looking at reading it about how to change um, or how to make new habits. But again, he has four laws about um, changing a bad habit. And they are kind of like the opposite to the making a good habit, which is make it invisible, make it unattractive, make it difficult to make it unsatisfying. But this evening, I'm not really going to talk about that because I'm sure, like everyone else, we don't have any bad habits. So, law one, if you can remember what it was, make it obvious. And he has a lovely turn of phase in making obvious called implementation intention. So, what he's suggesting that, that as well is that he has a formula and like we all should love a good formula. So, the formula is name the behavior name when you're going to do it, and name what time you're going to do it. And so, for example, he says that if you want to read a book, if you want to read 30, 30 books in a year, right, he suggests that what you do is you put your book on your bed every morning after you've made your bed on your pillowcase so that when you get into bed in nighttime, you read one page. So, what you're saying there is, I will read my book one page every evening before I go to sleep. And you have it ready there and then to do that. So what he's saying is that most people think that they need motivation to make a good habit. But actually, it's not motivation that you need. It's a good plan. So for example, the other example um, that makes this very simple is, if you want to take up meditation, and like let's let's think about this. We all think that we should be taking up meditation. Meditation is good for us. We all know that it relaxes us and everything. But how do we get started? So he suggests that you use the formula and you suggest, I'm going to do one minute of meditation every morning at 7 a.m. in the kitchen. So you have your behavior, you have your day and a place, and you have your time. So you have a plan and you have a formula. He then he also then talks about you know um, putting stacking your habits right. So when he refers to stacking habits, he's referring to how you create a new habit on top of an existing habit. So an, a habit that you already have. So most of us would think, we get up in the morning, we go down into the kitchen, and we reach for our cup of tea or our cup of coffee, whatever we're going to drink first. He's suggesting that we create our new habit onto our existing habit. So for example, if we take the meditation, I am going to meditate for one minute, one minute every morning at 7 a.m. in the kitchen after I've drank my cup of coffee. So therefore, it, it kind of, it makes it easier for us to think about when we're going to do our new habit because we're stacking it with our existing habit. He then also, right, talks about how can you make it easier in our um, environment, right? So, and again, I think this is really um, very, very simple concept that we all know is there, but we just never put it into a book to think about it, right? So, for example, he gives the example of if you want to um, learn to learn the guitar, well, then put the guitar in the front room where you sit down to watch your TV. So, again, 
every mo every day you put in your I want to play 10 minutes of the guitar every single day at 7 p.m. before I turn on the TV. So rather than having to go and search for the guitar, rather than going and having to look at it, have the guitar just there ready for you so that it's easy to do. Something that I did in my own life is I wanted to become more aware of eating fruit. And I'm not sure about you everyone here but i keep my fruit in the fridge and so often when i walk into the kitchen looking for something to eat the fruit i don't see it but i do see maybe the packet of biscuits or i see something else or i open up the fridge door and because the fruit is in the the drawer again it gets missed so now since reading james clear i have a fruit bowl and i keep the fruit on top of the microwave so every time you walk into the kitchen you see the fruit and again that is around creating your environment to make it easier for you to implement your good habits. He does spend a little bit of time, if you're thinking about habits and what are your habits and how do you identify your habits. Um, again, this isn't an exercise I really did, but if you wanted to do, you can go onto his website, um, atomichabits.com forward slash to call now again scorecard and you can download it and you can write down uh, he has a template that can, you can write down all of your habits that you do every single day so it's like i get up in the morning i have my shower i clean my teeth i am go downstairs i have my breakfast so all of those habits to make you aware of the habits and i guess that's part of the law of one you know what are the habits that you're doing um, every day without even thinking about it and then he he suggests that you can either pull a plus sign alongside that habit or a minus sign or an equal sign, depending on where your habit is. And again, it's not about judgment, right? Because this book and his concept, it is about being kind to ourselves. It's not about beating ourselves up about what are the bad habits we have, but it's about making us aware of the habits that we're doing. And again, I think that's really cool, isn't it? Because we all do so many habits that we're not even aware of. You know, uh, something very simple is the biscuits that you might have right after dinner, like with your cup of tea, um, you know? Um, certainly that's something that my afternoon coffee, I love the piece of chocolate with it, you know? So it's those kind of habits that you want to break and become aware of. So... The second thing that he talks about, so firstly, we've, um, the first law, as I mentioned, was um, make it obvious. The second one is make it attractive. And he refers to a guy in the book, and I'd love to know if this is a true story, but it's in the book, so I assume it is, who is an engineering student, student from Dublin. Um, and he says that um, this gentleman, Br Ronan Bryan was his name, wanted to improve his fitness level, but he also liked um, watching Netflix. So I don't know, for anyone who's read the book, we can certainly discuss whether this is a true story or not. But he says that this engineering student created a bike that he had to pedal at a certain speed for the Netflix to work. And so therefore, he watched the Netflix while um, pedaling. I get that that is, I get what he's talking about there and it's a good, it's a good story, but whether it's true or not, I, I'm not sure. But he is talking about um, building your habits on making it attractive. So it's, and the psychology behind that was devised by a guy called Professor David Premack and it's known as the Premack principle. And again, it's about doing something attractive after you've done something that maybe you didn't really want to do, but you know it's good for yourself. So, you know, I kind of struggled with this one to think of examples for myself, but I do know certainly, you know, I can get lost in Instagram. So, you know, it's about making sure that I do something that I don't want to do before I go onto the Instagram app and lose half an hour of my very safe life scrolling through fashion things that I really shouldn't be looking at. It's that kind of thing. How do you implement um, your new habit that maybe you don't really want to do, but you know it's good for you based on something that um, you, you enjoy, something that you make it attractive? 
The third law is about making it easy. And I guess this is where the 1% comes into. And he claims that every new habit can be broken into a two-minute rule. And I think this is where the magic is as well, right? So again, thinking about the um, running the marathon, you know, how do you break that into a two-minute rule? So he talks about this gentleman who wanted to become fit. He wanted to lose some weight. He wanted maybe to run the marathon. And he needed to um, develop the habit of going to the gym three times a week. So he didn't really enjoy the gym. It wasn't for him. He didn't have any habit of joining the gym. So for six weeks, he his habit was just to go to the gym for five minutes a day. So he didn't have to go into the gym and do a workout. All he had to do was drive to the gym, park up, change his clothes, go into the gym, stay there, do something for five minutes, turn around and walk out again. And the purpose of that is making the habit. And it's quite cool, really, if you think about it. It's about making it very, very simple. Again, you know, thinking about the um, lots of people say, I want to read more, but I don't have time. Or I want to, um, you know, they, something that I would probably do is say, I want a lofty goal and I want to read a book a month. You see people on um LinkedIn there, or maybe Rob yourself saying, this is the book that I've read this month. But how do you create that habit of reading? And again, he gives the suggestion of just breaking that into, I'm going to read one page a day. Um, and then gradually, you know, you'll build that up. But it's about getting into the habit of reading. So that was the third law, make it easy. Um and he talks about that, um, you know, people put all of their energy into the finishing line. So like that, for example, running the marathon, reading the book, etc. He said, but actually, what is the energy needs to go into? And it's so true. It's just getting started. Um, so then the law four that he talks about is how to make the new habit satisfying. Again, in our modern life, in our modern way, what we want to do really is instant gratification. And often we don't get that with our new habits. And if you think about it, it's, it makes so much sense. Like, so if you decide that you want to start eating more healthily, you're not going to see the benefit of eating fish four times a week overnight. It's a long time thing. It's a long time health gain for your heart um, and for your well-being. But in order to keep us... Um, and the word motivated comes to mind, but I know that James Clear wouldn't like that word, but I suppose the more of making that habit of eating healthily um, become a habit, it's about instant gratification. So again, here's this great idea, which I think is fabulous, where you print off a wall plan and you put it up in the wall plan and you tick the day that you did your habit. And you take it every single day that you do it. And he refers to that as um, a habit tracker. And he says that our modern psychic loves the gratification of being able to tick that we did this new habit. And he refers to um, the comedian, um, what's his name now again? Oh, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld who decided, he, you might have seen this um, in his um, documentation, uh, sorry, his autobiography, um, he wanted to write 15 minutes a day new jokes, whether he felt like it or he didn't feel like it, whether the jokes were good or whether the jokes were bad, this is what he wanted to do. And so in able to keep that motivation up in order to keep that um, habit, forming that habit, he... Um, he came up with this habit stacking. And basically, as I said, you push the um, wall chart and you tick it every time you do it. So they're the four laws of how to create a new habit. But the other great thing that I really resonated with me that I think um, is good for you just to take away is he has this thing called never miss twice. And he talks about um, 
how do you form a new habit? So people say to him, like, you know, does it take 21 days to form a new habit? Does it take 30 days? Does it take 60 days? And his philosophy is that he understands where that question is being asked. Certainly, you know, people want to know how long will it be until this habit becomes very easy for me and I don't need to think about it, which is great. But he says, the moment you stop, that's also a new habit. And he's... His answer is never miss twice. And this is something that I've really taken on board, right, in anything that I'm trying to do that's new. So if, again, if you're on a healthy diet um, and you've had very, very well for nine days and you've done really, really well, but on the 10th day, you go out, you have the blowout, you have the pizza, you have the drinks, you have the great laughs uh, with the friends and it's all good, that's fine. That's okay. But the following day, go back to eating clean, eating healthy and eating well. And Therefore, one is an accident, but two days is a habit. So never miss twice. And that really is it now. And um, that is Atomic Habits summed up in about 20 minutes. Brilliant. 20 minutes exactly <laughs> as well, Susan. I think that was uh, well summarized. Um, I'd love to know what people think and um, who else has read it and did they take the same out of the book that I took out of the book and how they've implemented it, the ideas into their life. I haven't read it, Susan, but that that like makes it sound so easy, like isn't it? And it's kind of that nudge we all need in terms of uh, all these things we know are good for us that we don't actually implement, but it's mm -hmm. a framework actually just to be able to not just towards these healthy habits so as you said like a bit of fruit in the kitchen or the, the pair of runners by the by your bedside or, or the book on your pillow that kind of stuff it's all these kind of different nudges that, uh, that can kind of just um help us with these habits really because uh i think without some sort of a framework it's too easy to kind of slip into the the old ways of kind of being lazy you know yeah absolutely enjoyed it so thanks yeah, Susan, I, I've read The Power of Habit by the Charles Duggia. And it, yeah. um, I suppose what struck me there when you were talking about this particular book is it seems to have a much catchier kind of summary framework, um, probably much more memorable. And um, Rob, I don't know if our financiers have read The Power of Habit in comparison, but or maybe it's just the way that you, you summarize it, but it definitely kind of seems stickier um, in terms of remembering the steps, which, you know, we all know is, is important when we're trying to form new habits. It's just kind of keeping them front of mind. Um, it's gas because I actually have the guitar in my office <laughs> next to my desk so that when I want to take a break from work, the guitar is there, but anyway. But um, yeah, no, uh, and uh, I've moved, I moved the food in front of the bread bin <laughs> because, like you know, it was inside inside in the bottom drawer, but I I put it in front of the bread bin, and it's working wonders. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think it's definitely seems more appealing. I don't have anyone else read the Power of Habit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I read it, and I I read the one I read that Duhigg one, and the one straight after is called Smarter, Better, Faster, and it's more about yeah. productivity. But Duhigg's like he's a New York Times um, journalist, so he'd have a lot more. I guess Claire isn't probably a journalist, right? He's just kind of somebody that came out with this and is much more into the structure. He probably was an engineer, I'd say. Claire had probably background in that, but Duhigg was steeped in kind of stories and science. And the one thing that, that I struck me was different between the two. Duhigg talks about a habit loop and there's a cue, mm -hmm. a reward, um, and there's a craving. So like for a habit to be to become a habit, you need to have this kind of craving that you you get from the anticipation of actually doing the the routine you get a kind of a craving from that did did, did he mention anything around kind of like cravings in the book or or that what was that thing that would make you do it every day i yeah. think he refers to that as satisfying mm. Mm. yeah yeah in the power of habit uh, he talks about craving in the power habit to do yeah but i just so like satisfying is probably like as he was as you were saying those four rules i was looking kind of mapping it in my head to do Higgs stuff and there's kind of a lot of parallels the two of them books came out probably i think do might come out beforehand but um but there's definitely kind of parallels between them yeah yeah so i just opened uh, the notes i had for power of habits and um 
when Susan was talking, I just, you know, mapped it with this <laughs> and they align a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and wow. I just have the book here, sorry. And the first law, make it obvious, he also has in brackets Q. So he, okay. he does refer to that as well. Okay. Sorry, Jatlan. That's cool. Oh, there's, there's, again, there's a very kind of a, a similar track to this thing called nudge theory as well. So it's in behavioral economics about how we influence okay. people. And like nudge theory is something like if you put healthy snacks up next to the cash register in shops, you're going to influence more healthy healthy eating habits, that kind of stuff. So again, there's a kind of a similar track there, I think. Hmm. That's why they put the the fruit on the way into the supermarket so that you buy the fruit first. Because um, you go in thinking, right, I'm going to buy fruit because I'm going to be healthy and then put the, the chocolate towards the end because like you've bought the fruit, so you're now allowed to buy the chocolate. So Works every time. <laughs> That's why the beer, the is wine, and it is an Aldi why as well. Queen used to put the bread at the door. Do you remember yeah. that? You'd walk past the Super Queen and you'd smell the fresh bread, and you'd, you had to go in. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, we're, we're being tricked left, right, and centre. Yeah, think. but the ultimate nudge, isn't it? Fresh breads. You're hungry, whether you're hungry or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Susan, on on your habits that you've kind of started to develop as on the back of it here, was there any that? that have have you found easier than others is there any that you just couldn't crack um oh yeah that's an interesting question now i am someone who gets motivated by the end result rather than just starting you know um and i think so that that's something that is key to me to breaking it down you know like i would be someone who says i think i should run a marathon but the fact that i can't run (laughs) is a major problem um so certainly breaking it down. The other thing, I guess, just talking about the walking stroke, running stroke, going to the gym, never miss twice, I think is really cool, you know, because some mm. weeks, yeah, for various reasons, you know, you just don't go to the gym um, or you don't do the walking, running that you should be doing. But rather than just letting it go and all of a sudden you're three or four weeks over it, never miss twice has really stuck to me as well. Um and I, yeah, just I love the fact, and I, I suppose I do in my own practice talk a lot about like just break it down to the two minute rule because we can all do something for two minutes um, mm-hmm. and make it simple. Um, I, I think that we, we as human beings, and certainly at the moment, we're always trying to overachieve and then we get overwhelmed. I mean, how many times do we meet people where we're overwhelmed with what we have to do? But if actually, if you just take a step back and break it down into the two-minute rule, you will start to get through something. You'll start to form a habit that makes it easier then to um, develop a new behavior that is good for you. Or that you want to do, you know, because he talks about your habits define you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I like I, I think that Rob um, is is thinking about the starting line rather than the goal is something that stood to me. Mm. Like the, the brilliance of the two minute piece is that the likelihood of you just doing it for two minutes probably is very low. Once you actually start, you might give it five minutes or ten minutes. So it's it's but but just it's just getting over, as you said, getting over the start line probably takes a minute and then mm. you just kind of you have a bit of momentum so i think that's pretty pretty cool to stick with susan i know you didn't go into the the, the negative habit side of things but was there anything on that part of the book that stood out to you with like kind of without going through the four steps or anything like that was there any little nuggets in there that you picked out i think the biggest thing Neve, is awareness mm. Um, and I, I, like for me, I suppose there's a lot of things that creep into my life that are probably not healthy, uh, things that I don't want to do that have just become part of the norm. Um, you know, I, again, talking about the social media, um, like I could, you, I could lose half an hour on Instagram and LinkedIn and all of the others without even realizing it. So I, I definitely, that is something that I have taken away in terms of just being more aware of the automatic habits that I do that I don't think about. Um, 
And then I guess, you know, it's all about once you have that awareness, you can change it. Um, and you can, you you can, st- you, you know, you can stop doing it once you have the awareness, but it's making yourself aware of the habits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does he talk about any breaking habits around social media, p- people spending too much time on that and, you know, the, that instant buzz you might get from getting a tweet, but then you spend half an hour on it and you feel pretty shitty about being, wasting your time on that, looking at everything else that's not really making you feel good about things? Does it mention that at all? Like, he does and he doesn't, you know, um, Rob. He talks about um, putting the phone in the other room, um, you know. Um, he, I, I, I saw a video on him once or an interview, and he says that his um, assistant changes his passwords every Monday morning and doesn't give it to him then again until Friday evening. Like, so it's just that kind of thing that he talks about around social media. Mm-hmm. But he, one of the things that he does talk about is that um, I think I'm not sure what year it was. 2018, I think November 2018, he decided that he wanted to start writing blogs, and he didn't write any blogs at all. Um, and so he wa- he decided again that he was going to write a blog every Monday and every Thursday. And it didn't matter whether he thought it was a good blog, a long blog, a meaningful blog, whatever. He was just going to write it, and he was going to post it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, back to the first rule, right? You know, every Monday, every Thursday, um, and he when he was going to do it and how he was going to um, um, post it. And then he talks a little bit then about um, the the status. So just about the social media I think that's when he talks about social media in that he wasn't allowed to look at the social media till he had the blogs done so that's why he was allowed to get it back on the Friday once the two blogs were done um, mm-hmm. and that's really all I think but he mm-hmm. he 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 demonstrates that he now you know I don't know what the figures are but he started off after three months having a hundred followers now after two years he has 400,000 followers and he talks about it's just a consistent habit that he does now every week without even thinking about it he writes his blogs every Monday and Thursday um, again like it's a very powerful concept and it's so simple mm. One of the things that I pulled from my notes, because I read it um, a few months ago, but I just pulled up my notes as you were talking, Susan, was a quote that he says, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. So it's just all around creating those systems, as Dex said, that makes it easy for us to do the right thing, like reach for that piece of fruit, and then makes it hard for us to do the wrong thing, which is spend that half an hour on social media. But it's actually not necessarily about the habits and the, our behaviors. It is, obviously, but it's more about us creating a system that makes it easier for us so we're not relying on willpower, which is depleted. Exactly, yeah. That's such a great point, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what um, you said at the start, the plan part, right? It's all about planning mm-hmm. and putting the, the structures in place and then staying within it. Somebody was going to say something. Uh, Rob, I was going to say a recommendation on the smart phone thing with social media um how to break up with your phone by Catherine price i picked up i picked it up in waterstones and it's brilliant jam-packed really good all of all of all the tips and tricks you need to know and i would probably go on your phone like but it's good good read like (laughs) next week's book club there rob (laughs) yeah off you go now great are you you nominating yourself there need for that no no i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) Started talking and I was like, maybe we can talk left of these things. But no, seriously, it's a, it's a good book. Right? Good book. Yeah. Mm. We'll have you as a, as a backup there. there. <laughs> Too late. Um, Sarah's made a really good point there about the systems, and you know, he does say that um, about not relying on willpower. But again, I think somebody mentioned that about, you know, have your training shoes if you're going to go for the run at the um, end of the bed. So you automatically put them in, put them on you. Um, You know, if you're going to go for exercise, if you're going to do your exercises when you come in from work, have your habit that you just change into your exercising clothes and that they're just there. Um, So you're removing the distraction, you're removing and you're relying less on willpower um, and more on the system. Sarah said. <clears throat> mm. 
something. I also loved when he talked about the one percent improvements, which we were all very familiar with that concept of marginal gains. But I, I love where he talked about the one percent disimprovements as well, because that really kind of inspired me. Like today, I don't go for my walk, not a big deal. But if I look at it from a lens of over time, what that might mean, that actually could be very negative for my health. So I just found that that concept quite inspiring as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they, they don't talk much about the kind of negative side of that. All right, yeah. Mm. Hmm. That's what I found useful from just from engaging with these book clubs is actually trying to take a key learning from it and maybe trying to implement it over the next two weeks. So um, that's definitely something for me anyway, coming off the back of this uh, book club is actually to actually have a look at the systems that actually I have in play to consciously look at, are they actually enabling me or are they blocking me? So that's something I'm going to take from, from this. Like, so uh, Susan, that's, that's, uh, that's going to be my focus for the next two weeks anyway. Great. Well, Declan, if you want an accountability partner, you can uh, email me and tell me how you're getting on <laughs> your systems. Yeah. I'll undertake to give up my candy crush habit. <laughs> you can join yeah. the uh, join the Slack group and start telling us on a daily basis how you did. People can hold you account there as well. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> the um, the Never Miss Twice thing, Susan. I remember I interviewed uh, Johnny Holland, the rugby player here, a few years ago just after he retired he played with Munster and he was saying that that was one of his mantras when he was he was a goal kicker and if he ever missed one his his mantra was that's okay not to pile the pressure on not miss the second one um and it's an interesting the sports kind of psychology view as well I don't know if you had heard that one before deck at all no yeah I have yeah that's uh, uh it, it's sort of a one to keep keep you on track to allow a mistake but to I suppose to follow up a mistake with something very very basic that you know you're going to be successful at so that there's not two mistakes in a row mm-hmm. but the uh, point that Sarah made as well about the systems that seems to be a huge one in the sports uh, sphere to be honest is that some people think that you can just rise to the occasion and that you're you up your game on the day but actually when the pressure comes on you do sink to that level of preparation and sink to the level of your system so again there's a lot of in- interweaving between Life and sport and business, uh, with all these books. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Would that be Declan from the sports area? Would that be like muscle memory? You have, you want to get that built in? Uh, exactly. yeah. From when you come under pressure, that, that thinking brain actually comes under pressure. That that deep. Mm-hmm. Actually, you're, you're relying on that very primal instinctual piece, and if, and if you're primed at a, at a lower level than what's necessary. You just won't be able to to perform. Mm. But that's exactly that's exactly it, John. It's, it's being able to prime yourself to to um, cope with those pressure scenarios. I always like it to driving. Mm. You know how much of your if somebody pulls out in front of you, you actually have to think about the mechanics of what your feet are doing and your hands are doing. You're not going to respond in time. So yeah. it's making as much of the mechanics automatic as you possibly can so that you have time to use your thinking brain to do the rest exactly yeah, exactly mm. and that's one of the biggest pieces of research around choking when you become consciously aware of what you're doing that's actually when when you know you're not working off that automatic autopilot and you you, you can't get into that flow and that's when that your performance starts to suffer I remember a few years ago reading about um, someone analyzed Michael Schumacher's um, performance and he wasn't, they, they kind of went through this list and they said, he's not the fastest and uh, you know, he's, um, he's not the quickest and they made it, they kind of put against all the, 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 the benchmarks, but they reckon he had thinking capacity. He had more thinking capacity than the average driver. He could, uh, do so much on instinct and then the rest of his capacity was available for strategy and tactics and uh, you know the next move and so on so I d- yeah i think that comes down i was reading statistics 60 percent of everything we do supposedly is a habit and that's because our brain being a lazy organ wants to try and create as many habits as possible so that we have enough energy 
for the non-habit based type activities like those sort of reactions so that you can control it as well so um yeah it's interesting that that see some people might he might have just habitized <laughs> made habitual more and so more much, things yeah. that that the the non-habit things he has more capacity to deal with mm. them then so but on in terms of our day-to-day lives and changing our behaviors on a on a bigger scale outside of one individual type of task or skill it's um you also get this kind of decision fatigue yeah because the more the more active decisions that you have to make the less you're actually composed and ready and have the energy to make the decisions that actually matter so you know again it's the more of it you can make automatic the less decision fatigue you're going to have mm-hmm. it's like having a uniform for work even if you don't wear a uniform yeah it's funny, Maury, you mentioned that because since I started working full-time remotely, I used to always do a few days in the office. I've had the same work outfit now since I've been 22. No joke. Pencil dress, cardigan, court shoes from Clark. Got it down. <laughs> I have been, I was all over the place. I realised my entire wardrobe was my work wardrobe. Thrown out, threw me complete for a loop for the first couple of weeks because decision fatigue. But it, um. <laughs> but I was also listening to a podcast only recently about that and kind of allow, uh, bypassing things in the conscious into the subconscious we're relying less than on willpower which is obviously a limited resource anyway um, and the more so to your point that we can kind of make things a habit and habitual the less energy and brain resources going to take for us to do them and then frees us up to do it so um, that whole decision fatigue more makes a uh, plays into that massively as well. Um, I've started wearing pencil dresses at home, to be honest with you, when I go to work. It's still my workout for the evening in the office upstairs. Well, it probably reduces your chocolate habit as well if you're going to continue to fit into a pencil skirt every day. I made I made myself wear jeans through the whole thing because otherwise I was like, I'm going to bloom. Yeah, by the way. I have the same problem with the pencil skirts myself, them. actually. Like they're, they're <laughs> struggling with this one at the moment. Ben, you didn't expect this when the group got mixed. Well, <laughs> this is what we needed. This is what we were missing, I think. So it's going to explode Ashes. after pencil this. <laughs> Did somebody say hashtag pencil skirts there? No? <laughs> okay, that'll draw people in. Uh, no, this is great, though. I think this is what it's all about, right? Just getting these ideas yeah. out and, you know, it's all about the book and that's what kind of brings these up when everybody shares ideas and you know saves us we're ripping james clare off of a few new um purchases of the book though he probably is not too happy about that rob uh, the, sorry susan when you mentioned at the start the the one percent improvements hmm. was that your interpretation of the book or was that his idea the one percent because oh, i know it's his idea and does that where you got it rob or was it you, before you, were, you were on you missed the start so like for for nearly as long as I've been doing the podcast, people, well, it was probably in the first year or so, nobody really, James Clare kind of exploded sh- shortly afterwards, but I had never heard of the guy. So total independent, uh, similar thought process. But again, like neither of them were the first, neither of us were the first person to ever come up with the idea of getting 1% better. That's kind of been around a long time. It's just different interpretations and stuff. So as I said earlier, yeah, he, he stole the idea. I have... um a lawsuit pending at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, random. Court case pending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, John, just just for f- funniness, uh, we have another John O'Sullivan on, on here as well, right? <laughs> so uh, just the, the week John was presenting on this, I kept tagging the other John uh, on, on Twitter, <clears throat> thinking they were the, the same person for a while, but then we figured out there's two of them now and they're they're kind of on uh, top of each other there. So welcome along to the second, John. Thanks very much. I've even put in my um, Twitter, John G. O'Sullivan there, so you don't get confused. You know? <laughs> yeah, it helped. It helped, definitely. Like, uh, and, and and you're a prolific reader as well, John. I think you're also somebody that tweets sometimes you're on, you're on book 60 or 70 of the year or something crazy. I, I cheat a bit. I do a lot of audiobooks when I run, um, and I, I, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I've actually read both Charles Dewey's book and Atomic Habits. Actually, listened to Atomic Habits first uh, on audiobook and then actually liked it so much I went out and bought it 
Um, I, I think it's thought it was excellent. Got a lot out of it. Actually, uh, funnily enough, Susan didn't mention it, but I got quite a well it's mentioned it. Sorry, but didn't go into it. But I got quite a bit out of it in terms of breaking bad habits, um, especially in the where you make good habits easy. You know, to make it easy concept, and with the bad habits, then you make it difficult. So, and I did the same thing with the biscuits and the the fruit, but just it's hard now with three kids at home. But just stop for a while stop buying biscuits at all so if I want if I really want a biscuit I have to go out and to the shop and buy one and it actually worked really well and, and then when they started to reintroduce them into the house that kind of craving and habit kind of stuck with me because I was a fright for a cup of tea and having to have chocolate or having to have a biscuit with it mm. and that's you won't what... be wearing the pencil skirt so John no I'm no thinking... no maybe another another couple of months now lockdown and uh, and, and running <laughs> we might be out there <laughs> Which which of the two books did you prefer, John? So one I th- I found James Clear book James Clear. I think someone said it. It, 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 it sticks with you a bit more. I think mm-hmm. I, I found Doing's book a bit dense. Probably the wrong word for it, but I, I yeah I, I think James Clear's background. I think actually he he his background was baseball. He he's he's a minor league baseball player, right. but oh. a lot of injuries. Um, and I think he came up with the concept when he was recovering from a serious injury when he was a kid. Or yeah. That's what he traced, traced, traced back to, um, but I found it a very, I found it a very easy read, and uh, an awful lot of it stuck. You know, it, it's it's got like these little nuggets that are that, that do stick with you. So mm. I found it positive. You know, that was kind of what stuck for me. A guy like still, it's not a book you have to read twice because it sticks with you. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And I could see um, why you would feel the need to buy the book after even listening to it, because there is exercises that he helps yeah. you to do as you're going along um, that I didn't really go into there now. But again, if you go onto atomichabits.com forward slash, um, he has the templates that you can download yourself and work yeah. work your way through it. Um, so I do kind of think I could see why you would buy the need to buy yeah. the book afterwards, you know. Yeah, um, I, I I found it good, like a good listen, but to yeah. actually implement anything, it didn't work as an audio book in that respect. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Yeah. Has anybody on his email? Yeah. He, he sends yeah. out a, a, is it weekly or weekly? Well, bi-weekly, it's supposed yeah. to be bi-weekly every Monday and Thursday. <laughs> yeah. It's actually yeah. really, really good. Um, yeah. uh, I, I know I, I'm sure some of you are the same, but I'm signed up to so many things. I find myself always reading what he sends. Uh, he structures mm-hmm. it really well um, in a three, two, one type of idea thing. And I just find it really interesting. So I, li- I like it as well. It's, um, does anybody follow James Smith PT on Instagram? He's um, He started just as a, a PT in a gym, hourly paid PT. Um, and he built up, he's built up an incredible uh, online coaching academy. And he's well worth following. He talks an awful lot of sense. But he, he remembers, he tells stories about celebrating getting 10,000 followers on Instagram with having this, you know, enormous party and going out and thinking this was absolutely brilliant. And he's now on half a million. And he says he celebrated, you know, getting another 10,000 on his half a million exactly the same way as he celebrated the first 10,000 because it's still 10,000 people. Mm. The fact that he already has half a million doesn't make any difference. It's still 10,000 more people that are reading his emails and paying attention to what he says and changing their habits and, and so on. It's, it's again, it's, it's almost like he's living the James Clear thing breaking it down into tiny little bits he's it's very it's very readable it's very accessible it's very catchy what he's saying he has the same gift for um making a pattern within the the writing that he's giving you that it's that it's easy our brains recognize the three two one and our brain recognize the kind of stuff that that really really good functional writers bring to the table when they're <clears throat> when they're giving us interesting things you don't have to read a sentence twice you don't have to read a chapter twice yeah. you don't have to read the book twice you remember what what they're saying i love that i love when i love can, that when yeah. it's made simple um yeah yeah it, i mean it doesn't even have to be that the language is simple it's just it's well planned yeah. so that you you know you're not 
struggling to read it and having to read things three or four times to get understand what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But, Mm, it's not easy to, to to make it that simple either you know it's, that's the hard part no no but it's a nice example of him practicing what he preaches though mm-hmm. mm. you know that the way he has it written actually follows the four rules if you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah makes sense yeah very good so yeah anything else guys anything to wrap it up any last comments susan how was your experience did it you know, live up to uh, all your expectations. <laughs> it did. Thank you very much, Rob. It was great. I hope um, I hope everyone got something out of it um, and felt that they can go away and start a new habit this week for the next two weeks, like Declan, um, without having to go away and read the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was great. Thank you. That was great, Susan. Really Thank nice you. summary. Yeah. Well done, Susan. And oh, do, we have any, do we have any, any uh, hands up for the next book club uh, two weeks time anyone want to submit uh, their name anything you know of interest coming up I thought uh, Neve already did <laughs> you know what now what I'm seconded actually, I'll, uh, I'll check my calendar no Joe is that the 21st is it two weeks yeah 21st now I won't do that session because my boyfriend's on nights so if the baby wakes I'll be skipping the review but I'll commit to doing the one after that's, there you that's go. The, that's that. Whatever that date there is, the so. first week of uh, July. Perfect. We lock you in on that one. Right. That means, but I won't do it in two weeks because uh, knowing our luck. You yeah. Know. No bother. Well, look, if, if anyone has a, an idea, ping me and send me an email over the next few days. Uh, we'd no, I normally start kind of advertising it the next week um, and we'll put this one out. Uh, probably in the next couple of days, Susan. Um, so far, it's kind of weird, and there's no real editing involved in these. It's just going straight out. It saves me it's a lot of time. It's going out. Jesus, Rob, I would have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it always goes out. <laughs> it's audio, Rob, but it's audio only. Audio right? only. Audio only, Neve. Don't worry. We're not putting video. No pencil skirts. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> there's a couple of hundred people listening to this at the moment which is more than you know that's pretty good like so um so tell people about it and uh you know come along again in a couple of weeks thanks to all of you that uh, are new newbies welcome and again thanks susan and sherlock we'll we'll catch up in a couple of weeks thank you everyone thanks Thanks for having me rob and thank you bye-bye thanks everyone take care good evening guys bye-bye